right. Hello, everybody. I'm Andy. I'm coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, where I think it's uh, currently about 80 degrees. It's a little warm here. Or this is a, a nice July morning for me. Mark, how are things over in England? It's wet. It's moist. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. And it's tipping it down with rain, Andy. The summer, time, the English summer has gone. This time thing is so weird because. So what time is it in Nashville? It is currently uh, nine fifty-seven in the morning. So you should be what yeah. four? You're seven hours behind me then. I'm, four, I'm just coming up on four o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to coordinate our. <laughs> I either have to get up really early or Mike, Mark has to stay up really late. So. This is our first true episode. I have started at 50 have you, have years you of age. Your, your James Bond virginity. Have you watched Dr. No, Andy? I have officially watched Dr. No. I've watched my first Thank Bond film. Thank God. And well. I noticed uh, I'm 60 years, not to the day, but 60 years since the first Bond film came out in America. Yeah. Uh, I think you said it came out when in uh, came out I, in 1962, but did you not get it till 63? 62, yeah. So I looked it up before we started. I uh, I think I have uh, look at my notes here. So it looked like it was released in the UK October 62, uh, October of 62, and it was released worldwide May of 63. So we probably didn't get it till then. I don't know. I wasn't born then. Clearly, wasn't a Bond fan at that time. But I found it interesting that it's 60 years I finally uh, – well, I'm 53, but 60 yeah. years after the film was released. So we watched Dr. No. Excellent. Or I should say I watched Mark probably has the movie slightly memorized. It's, it's been – it's been, it's, been it, it's on ITV here in England all the time. They recycle yeah. it. So it, it comes up now and again. I think it's it's been a couple of months since I've seen it. I'll have it on in the background. I'm watching it. I've watched it over the years. It's a great film. It's a it's a nice. It's a great start. Lots of threads came together to make Doctor Know the movie because <clears throat> the books have been published since 1953. The 13 yeah. James, the 12 James Bond books and two sets of short stories. Right. The movies were drawn from, and they started in 53. Yeah, and there's. I think I looked up. There's 25 movies. 25 movies, you're right. So, so the new one with the new guys, the 26th one, that's right. Yeah, so the, and, and I think we're going to do an episode where we break down the history of Bond and Ian Fleming and, and the producer of the Broccoli family and all that. But for today, we're going to do uh, Dr. No. And I have some quick little numbers. I, I looked it up uh, just to give us an opening start. Rotten Tomatoes has this film at 95% yeah. for the critics, uh, 82% for the fans. The budget for this film was under a million dollars. It's a million, yeah, it's a million of your dollars, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to look up what numbers. Everything was done on on the on the cheap. If you read up about it, there are lots of yeah. yeah, it was all quite tight. Um, I don't know what films were made for back then, but I'm sure a million dollars is probably some astronomical number to begin with. I don't know. Uh, see, the budget was under a million. It grossed uh, sixty million. Is well, it 60 million? it's 60 million worldwide, and that could be to date. I, I the numbers I found weren't real detailed on how when how when those numbers came in. So you I, I round the return on their initial investment. It, it just went, it was yeah, it was great. Uh, was, one little fact I did read, and, we'll, and again, I think we'll do this when we do our, our history of Bond episode, is that Ian Fleming sold the rights to all the books that's except right, for except two, two for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. 
And that I mean, franchise has got to be worth. I think you said it's, it's over seven billion dollars. It's made. Yeah, you, you can't imagine the money involved in it. Now it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. So, um, two quick notes. Uh, what? What? So, out of the twenty-five films, Doctor No is ranked. Do you have an idea where it's ranked? Now, this isn't official. This is just. I'd say it's, it's, it's got to be in the top ten because it is a classic. It's a bit bland compared to later things. Which yes. Later movie, there, you know, but it's a great start. It sets the trend for. It sets up. You know, it sets up M. It sets up the gun. It sets up money, money. Everything's there. All the little starts. All the classic yeah. notes for Bond are there, and it's yeah, a great. It, you know, so I'd say I, it, it's got to be top ten, surely. Yeah, it was. Um, the, like I said, uh, the site I found, and uh, I'll try to put it up here in the bottom of the page when, when the episode comes out. Uh, they had it ranked at number five. That sounds about right. Yeah. And they said that it, and and I won't review. We'll we'll kind of do them as we go, and maybe I'll post it the um, the whole ranking on our on Facebook page and all that stuff. Uh, the other last two quick notes I have: uh, original Bond. You know who they originally cast for this movie? Oh, they wanted for the movie? Well, they wanted Cary Grant to start with. Cary Grant. Yeah, yeah. But he couldn't commit to more than one film. He, did, he only wanted to do one. So they that, the after, producers. Um, there were, there was a, there, I remember hearing Patrick McGowan, who used to be Danger Man. The t- TV. Do you, get, you used to get Danger Man over there? The no, prisoner. You, know the, you remember The Prisoner? I well, I know of the prisoner. I, I can't say I've ever seen it. It's a classic sixties show, and he was in that. I think they wanted him, but he turned it down. They're, yeah, they went after a few people. Uh, Ian Fleming wanted. Um, have you seen the, uh, the Dan Busters film? No. The guy that plays the classic war movie. The guy that played Guy Gibson in Dan Busters, Richard Todd. I think Ian Fleming wanted him. He was a d- very dashing uh, English film star at the time. But yeah. he's very short, apparently. I don't think he'd... Think he'd <laughs> that wouldn't work for Bond. No, I think he was about five foot eight or something. You need a six foot two guy for, for Bond. And, yeah, and all I'll the s- went for it. I'll say this. Um, a young... And not, not nothing that's the old Sean Connery. Young Sean Connery was a dashing young man. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. He was 31. I get why the ladies liked him. Yeah, he was 31 years old. He got the job, you know, all the story behind that. But apparently when, they, when, when he left... When he came in for, for the audition, Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman, the producers of the movie, watched him leave from their w- office window and watched uh-huh. him walk off down the street. And apparently, they said he, he moved like a cat. And if you watch Dr. <laughs> no, when he, when he, Connery's got a certain way of moving, he's got a certain style that you just can't fake, and he's got it. And that's what apparently that's they, they watched him leave. They said he, he looked yeah. like he moved like a cat, and that's what it's like know. a. Like a smooth swagger. He's so smooth, yeah. And like there's a scene. Place. Yeah, there's a scene where, um, in the very beginning, and I'm, again, I'm very fresh off watching the film, so if you don't remember, but I'll try to. Uh, in the very beginning, when he gets his orders, he has to go back to his his apartment and pack and get ready to leave. He has to leave and immediately. The trenches there in his shirt playing golf. Nice. And he slips his shoes off and gently yeah. just. Smooth. So she Just, won't hear him coming. Yeah, and I'm, well, it, I'm like, yeah. I couldn't look that cool if I tried. Yeah, and he and looked, he, he, he made it look effortless. Yeah, he made it look absolutely effortless, and he moves like a cat. He's got a certain way of moving. Yeah, he's, um, he's very cool. Yeah, he was. He, he's very, very dashing, and I was like, I get it. And the funny thing I did notice too about a young Sean Connery is his accent and his mannerisms that we all mimic today. You know, the typical Sean Connery. Yeah. He, he wasn't that 
it wasn't that exaggerated then. No. He was very um he very easy to understand. It was not, not that he's hard to understand now, but you we've all seen the impersonations of Sean Connery. But the Scottish burr to it. The, the, it, it, yeah. it just makes it. And apparent apparently one of the other stories about Fleming and Bond is that he Ian Fleming died in what, sixty three, I think. So he'd seen Doctor No, he knew about Sean Connery, he was got involved in all that. And he changed the biography of James Bond to be Scots, like half Scottish because of Connery. He was so impressed. He, he, he got to like Connery. Really? I think to begin with, yeah, to begin with, he didn't like him. He, was, he thought he was dreadful. But then he warmed him. <laughs> the, the Scottish element that Connery brought to it, Fleming adopted in the actual novel. That's funny. That's yeah. interesting, though. Uh, the other note, uh, real quick, Honey Rider, yeah. which we will have to address all the funny names. All the names, yeah. Of the ladies. But Honey Rider, originally they talked, looked at somebody named Julie Christie. Now, I don't know. Julie Christie, he was a very big English, classic English actress. I mean, she's she's gorgeous. She's, yeah. yeah, and the note I saw was that she wasn't voluptuous enough. Yeah. Now, having seen Ursula Andress, I was like, Because wow. Ian Fleming wanted she... Honey, Honey, Honey Rider in the books. I think he, he I th think the very first paper, the very first hardcover, the, the cover of the novel, Ian Fleming had Venus, he wanted... Honey Child Rider to look like Venus, the goddess Venus. Okay. That's how he wrote her in the book. So that Ursula Andress, I mean, you don't get much more Venus than that. Uh, you do not. She's no. she's a looker. Yeah. And interesting, um, and I'm going to jump ahead to towards a towards uh, later in the movie, this film was a PG rating, but if you remember when they're taking their chemical baths, at the at the doctor oh, yeah the radiation i think you see slight nudity of ursula yeah, andrews a little bit there, yeah you i was like how did that get a pg rating yeah. but uh but i digress i always think the sexiest scene in doctor no is like is, as, as you've just said he slips off his shoes walks to the door in his flat and she, sylvia trench is already in in there and she's playing golf in and she's naked apart yeah. from what his one of his shirts and I think that that's a very sexy scene. It's very subtle, but it's a very sexy scene. It sets oh, up yeah. on perfectly. She looks great in just his shirt. Well, anyway. I, and, and again, that's a very sexy in life. I mean, if I was to come home and my wife would be wearing, of course, but I don't Bond, really own any. Bond books, Bond books <laughs> were, were, were always known as being about sex, snobbery, yeah. and sadism. And you've got it all in Doctor I, I think that's a fair, really fair assessment. That apparently was one of the reviews of, of the bomb books in the early days. Sex, sadism, and snobbery or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, – I'll go through my notes. Go. You interrupt and talk as we go. We'll see where we go with this thing. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. We start off by saying that. I enjoyed the movie. It was oh, very entertaining. Um, I think the problem that we have today with 60 years of film behind us is this film – is very dated and it doesn't have the action and the the effects clearly of what you see today. You see, it's hard to you, hard to compare this to uh, you the later the new what's the newest film that's out? The um, No Time to Die with yeah. Daniel Craig. And yeah, but don't forget we're talking sixty years. But it's it's a fun fun, it's a fun film, film to watch, yeah. and I can you can always see the influence. And you and I talked a long time ago. Because I, when we first, when Mark first discovered that I had not ever seen a Bond film, and I'd said to him, so "The strange. closest I've ever gotten are the Austin Powers movies." Yeah, and you can see where the influence came from. Oh yeah, the the early Bond, mm. uh, the tongue in cheek, the the ins 
just over the top. You sexism. Well, to begin with, they played. To begin with, it they played it. Re, you know, they played it quite serious. But there's humor in it because you, the, the humor. You have to have humor. You in, in a Bond movie. Terence Young said that you need humor in it. Yeah. Well, there um, were some. I have some notes on things that I found uh, just odd. As if you look at it from a true human point of view, they're very cavalier about death, people dying. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. But okay, so let me get to my notes, and you stop me, and we'll jump in, and we'll have some fun. All right, yeah, I'm gonna pour so, myself a glass of wine, and I'm listening. Go. Yeah. So first of all, this film you know, takes place in the '60s, which is always exciting for me. I love to look back and see things like Pan Am Airlines, and uh pay phones yeah uh and there's smoking. a great shot at the beginning when he flies to jamaica and you see yes. the pan am 707 coming into land and don't forget this is 1962 that's quite glamorous oh, yeah. jet travel at that time to be jetting off to jamaica on a pan am 707 and landing like that that's quite cool it, I mean, it was rash- cool food, world war ii food rationing in england didn't end until 1958 and this is just yeah. four years later, so it's yeah. very cool. Straight, straight out the out the bat, they you can see that James Bond is living a very cool. He's in a very cool world. Well, and I like to, maybe you can explain it to me. What again? I might have a lot of dumb questions because I don't know the the true history of Bond and all this stuff. But when he goes into, uh, I don't. What's his boss's name in the office? M. Bernard Lee plays M. Um, M. Ian okay. Fleming in, in World War Two was the personal assistant to a man called Godfrey, who's the head of naval intelligence in World War II. So it's all very... James Bond is basically all all the spies and commandos that Ian Fleming met and was involved with in the war. He worked in the... He worked in the the war. So Bond is is, is that. And M is basically Ian Fleming's boss in World War II. Well, so my my first little... Just out of curiosity, and and maybe it makes sense somewhere, but... They made a a deal about changing out his gun. That's right. He didn't, he didn't in, want to be used in the books. Doctor, the movie. Doctor knows the first James Bond movie, but it's the sixth yeah. James Bond book, and the one before Doctor knows from Russia with Love, and at the end of From Russia with Love, uh, Rosa Klebb, the woman with the uh, daggers in her shoes in the film, she nearly kills Bond because his his gun jams, his Beretta jams. So in Doctor No, he gets oh. the Walker PPK. And there was a guy called uh, Major J- Jeffrey Boothroyd. He was a real character. And he wrote to Ian Fleming and because he was a fo- fan of the Bond books. And he said, love James Bond, da, da, da. But the gun, the two, it's a Beretta that he uses in the gun. He said, the gun's dreadful. It's a lady's gun. It's, it's, use, it's useless. He should be using a, 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 a nine millimeter, something like a Walker PPK or something like that. And Ian Fleming was so impressed with this guy's knowledge and took it on board, put it in the books. Q, the character of Q, is named Jeffrey Boothroyd after this guy. So that's oh, where the oh. yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's interesting. So there's a reason for that. Okay. There's a re- there's the reason for that, yeah. So in the in the Doctor No in movie, he's getting his new his new gun because it jammed in the one before. So my uh, little question to you is uh, as I was watching the beginnings of this movie. And and knowing you for um I don't know I've known each other maybe a year or so now, and I've traveled with you, and you I'm have. curious why Mark is not a martini guy, shaken not stirred. I have one. I have a, one. I'm a coffee guy that is stirred not shaken. No, I'm a red wine guy. If I'm drinking alcohol, it's usually red wine or or or, or beer, and I quite like Jack Daniels. <laughs> well, I've so had, I've, 
I've had a proper vodka martini once in Ronnie Scott's, the jazz, the famous jazz bar in in London. They mixed me a vodka martini because it seemed yeah. like a good beer. It's a seriously strong drink. You don't not you don't need more than a couple of those. You, you, yeah, I don't drink. <laughs> yeah, you, you you can't muck around with a vodka martini. When in Quantum of Solace, when Daniel Craig drinks six, he's on an airplane. He's flying, you know, and the barman said he says six. Six vodka uh, martinis? Yeah, that would put me on my back. <laughs> You'd be the worst spy ever. Yeah, totally. Your movie would be the spy who drank too much. The spy who drank too much. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, I thought that was it. I just like the idea. I think he makes, uh, and for those of the, anybody who doesn't know me, I'm not a drinker at all, but he makes it look cool. He makes you think, yeah, maybe I should start drinking. Yeah, man, he, he just looks cool drinking this yeah. martini. Yeah. Um. So where we go next? Uh, let's see. I put. Um, let's see. Oh, so I have this note. So did he sleep with the secretary from the government house? What money, Penny? Not money, Penny. The uh, girl when he goes um, when he's in, in Jamaica. I'm sorry. Let's get to Jamaica. I, oh, Miss Parra, the, the the woman that but, that lives that's listening at the door. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm assuming yeah, he ruthlessly sleeps with her, and, but and he, then. He's keeping her wait. He's keeping himself busy, waiting for Professor Dent to turn up to try and knock him off because he knows yeah. Professor so Dent. So I'm like, this guy's so cool. This girl, he knows is out to try to kill him. Yeah, but he's got a couple of hours to kill, so he'll but have hey, for the first. Yeah. Let's not? have a little action. Yeah, and, and then he's he cool the cab and she, she gets arrested. Yeah, <laughs> like, man, dude, you are like a dog. And that so, leads uh, into the that leads into probably I'd say Connery's finest hour. As James Bond, when he shoots Professor Dent with, yeah, that's the Smith and Wesson, and you've had your six, and yeah, I know. So I thought that was cool when he pulled it out, and then I started thinking of a quick little. It made me think back to a a quick reference to a Dirty Harry movie, where uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the Dirty Harry films, but uh, Eastwood is standing over the guy, and he's holding the gun at him. And he's you know the whole the classic line of well did oh, I fire five shots or six five or six yeah yeah seems in all the confusion thing. I've lost count yeah. well are you feeling lucky punk yeah and I was like that's a cool little and I'm it's sure a, I think I'm sure the uh, Bond film came out first I don't yeah. think Eastwood was out Harry is what seventies I, I believe so yeah. okay so the next thing I have is on the island after the dogs pursue them right they're in the they're in the the stream. Yeah. Yeah. The dogs are chasing and after. The pipes are underwater. They're yeah, the little underwater pipes. Uh, and again, I would say this is uh, again. I'm just I'm poking fun here. The um, the military guys that uh, Doctor No surrounded himself with, mm. not real keen, not real super smart. No, because you know, they're looking. They never are. Uh, yeah, they're just. I think is a requirement. Henchmen, dumb. Mm. Look, look kind of smart, but you're really dumb in general. So, uh, the, the 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 henchmen move away. The dogs move on, and they've gotten away with it. But they notice one more guy is coming. Yeah, that's right. So they get back under the water. Bond jumps up. Yeah, kills him nice, in the water. Nice. Right? Him, the, that's where I first noticed the Cavalier. Uh, there's two witnesses to it, uh, Quarrel and um, Honey. Not a big reaction. Like this man just jumped up and killed a guy in front of him. And Honey kind of has a. <gasps> and then she just goes on about her business. Like she's just met this guy. So to me, it says, how smooth is Bond? He is so smooth that he can kill in front of a lady he just met, and she's like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I like where you're going. I like your style. So I thought that was funny. 
um, then shortly later, you know, the, the, there's always you hear this uh, quarrel um, as the as the the guy who brought him over. They talk about Crab Crab Key or the island, and he's afraid of the dragon mm. myth, whatever. And then we see the dragon car. Yeah, which is, which is which is quite basic and quite awful effects, but yeah. it's utterly ridiculous. What yeah, is the point yeah. of the dragon car? Yeah, yeah. Now again, you can have a, a a car that shoots flames. I think that's cool, but I'm like, you're a guy that's building some kind of atomic nuclear weapon. Yeah. But in your design, though, it's like, hey, make sure that car looks like a dragon, like a dragon. as it chases people around. Yeah, yeah, that is a bit dark. In the book, uh, in the book, Bomb battles a, a giant squid, so it, it is. Yeah, it's all slightly ridiculous. So that wasn't in the book, then. Have you have you read the book or have you I, read the book? No, I've got. But you know that. Service. I've got two or three over there, but I've not. But read you know them. that history. Yeah, yeah, I know a little bit of the history of it. So yeah. I thought that was just a little funny and just like a head scratcher, but I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. It's 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 a movie. Uh, I was um, I didn't see Coral getting burned up. Mm. That was kind of interesting. I was like, oh wow, I thought he was gonna make it out. No. And then again, back to the cavalier attitude towards death. Yeah. Uh, he gets there, burned there's alive. A very, there's there's a, there's a, there's a moment where they uh, Bond says to Coral, "Fetch my shoes." When when they first they're in the water and they've been caught on the beach. He says, fetch my shoes to quarrel. And it's a very, you know, English guy saying to the black guy, fetch my yeah. shoes. It, it, yeah. it hadn't aged well. Right. That, and that's that. one of the notes I saw when people were talking about this film. So it, it doesn't age well, but I don't think you could but hold that obvious, against. Bond, Dr. No, Connery, those movies are of their time. They're classics. And that's just the way it was back then. Yeah. So. yeah I don't think that's, should be held accountable. I mean, it was no. still, it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he dies. Uh, spoiler for those who haven't seen spoiler. it. Uh, Quarrel dies. And again, they just like, eh, moving on. Moving on, yeah. Like this guy uh, took him out here, risk his life, well, risk his life and died. And Bond's like, uh, yeah, all right, next. Uh, so then they go to the contamination bath scene, which I, we've talked about. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and again, I love the, uh, again, the '60s feel of everything because they have to—they're on this like conveyor belt, and they're getting all these multiple showers, counters, yeah. and they get the Geiger counters and the uh, the, yeah. the 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 little sign says active. That's it. That's it. <laughs> okay, good. Moving on. Um, Spectre, talk to me about Spectre, Mark. Is this something that goes on throughout the entire series? I think it's. I think it stands for Special Executive Counter. Terrorism, revenge, and extortion. Yes, I think is, what it, is, is what it stands for. Yeah, Spectre, the big bad. Ernst Stavro Blofeld. This is a conglomeration of supervillains of evil. Yeah. yeah, run by one guy who's who's the big bad, Ernst Stavro Blofeld. He's the supervillain. So and we so will he, see Spectre throughout the series. Yeah, he's 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 behind. Doctor No is Doctor No. I think was. Yeah, number two of Spectre or something like that, and he went rogue and set up on his own thing and started toppling. Well, you got to imagine if you're a group of um, super villains. Super villains. Yeah. I mean, I imagine all of them are going to go rogue at one time because they don't have any concept of order or discipline. But, <laughs> but I, I liked it when he broke it down, and he's very like you know Spectre. Yeah. Sure. Um, let's see what I got in the prison cell of Doctor No's compound. Yeah. 
this this is where so after they have the dinner with Doctor No, takes the girl away. Um, then Bond gets put into I guess cell. There's a nice little touch in that scene where where um, they're in Doctor No's lair. And, and it's fantastic seeing, looking, by the way. Yeah, with the goldfish bowl and the, the fish and everything. Oh. And you'll, see, you'll see Connery do a quick double take at one of the pictures. There's lots of um, mm-hmm. pictures, oil paintings on stand. Yeah. And he does a quick double take at this picture. And it was a, it's a, I think it was a Goya. And it had just been stolen because uh, Dr. No came out in 62. And it, it, it was stolen from the National Gallery in London, I think, that year or, or the year before. Oh, in real life. In real life. And so they put it into the movie. Ken Adam, the production <laughs> designer, did a quick oh. copy and they put it. So there's a nice little touch. He has a quick double take. It's like, oh, Dr. That, no, got it. That I like a lot. That's yeah. that's cool to know that. Yeah. Um, so when he gets taken to this prison cell, um, it, when he's like, you know, take him away, soften him up, but take him yeah. away. Yeah. So he goes into the prison cell, and of course, as any of us would do, and of course Bond would do, he tries to find a way out. Now, this is where I always scratch my head when I'm watching films, is luckily, in this cell that's designed to contain him, there's a massive human-sized a vent. Mesh. A, a mesh to get out of, yeah. There's air yeah, conditioning. Now, there's air now, conditioning. Yeah, keep that in mind. This comes into play in my, my later note. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's electrified, so when he touches it with his hand, he, of course, yeah. he flies back off the wall. Smartly, his slippers come off or loafers, and he uh, he knocks oh, it down. We could all the... be this clever, Andy. I know I wouldn't even think, I'm like, well, that sucks. I'm stuck here. Yeah. So, again, luckily, for and again, I think um, the Austin Powers films poke fun at some of these ridiculousness things, like you know, when he's <clears throat> when he says, I'm gonna slowly lower you into this thing and kill you. Yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Seth, his son's like, just shoot him. Like, he's right there. Just shoot him with a gun. I have a gun here. Just shoot him. But they don't. So he puts him in this lair. He knocks out the uh, screen. And, of course, it's big enough for him to get through these massive venting tunnels throughout the whole thing. Which I was like, okay, you have to have this. I got it. But then the point comes to my head. In the movie, uh, a massive flow of water is coming towards him. Yeah. So is it air-conditioning vents? Or is it yeah, a sewage? In 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 the movie, it's a bauxite mine, I think, or something like that. So it's got, it's got to be. I always thought it was something to do with the uh, mining operation. In the I, in the book, it's a guano. You know, bat guano, bat shit. Yeah, yeah. In the book, it, it's Doctor No's um, cover. It's a guano factory, guano mine, or something. Bat shit. Well, I got no problem with the tunnel. It's just it serves multiple purposes. Yeah. It's air conditioning and water dispersion. It's very clever because, stuff. Simple because when he comes like out, Andy aren't meant to understand mechanics like that. <laughs> Apparently not. Because when he breaks out to get out into the room, he's back in the decontamination lab. Mm-hmm. So, do you want massive water flow going into the decontamination lab? No, of course not. But you know, so, you've only got a limited amount of time. You can't have him running up and down <laughs> corridors all the time. Everything is really close. I got a big kick out of that. Uh, so let's see what else I got here. Um, so, okay, so Bond escapes. He puts on the uh, super protective radioactive suit. Yeah. That looks to be just PVC plastic clothing. Yeah. Got it. That's going to clearly save you from radioactivity. Yeah. Uh, his reckless abandon when he comes to... Uh, reckless abandon. The complete 
meltdown of the atomic thing when he, he's when turning the, the thing. And, every, he's getting white hot. Yeah, <laughs> and he yeah. just turns it on like. Uh, but I don't forget, the million dollar budget. budget. Yeah. How are you going to? How are you going to s- simulate, you know, nuclear destruction? You've got to have. Well, know. I have no problem with the way you simulate it. I have a problem with he has no fucking care that he's about <laughs> to have a nuclear meltdown, and he's like, "I'm going for it." <laughs> it's like, Jesus. For king and country, Andy, you wouldn't understand. You've got a president with for king and country. It's a big deal. Yeah. It is, and I, I tell you what, he has. Uh, and he, he's very. There's never any fear in Bond. Never. Mm-hmm. Nothing phases him. He's like, I'm going to p- cause a nuclear reaction. But don't and I'm forget, gen- get out of here. The genesis of Bond is all the secret agents and commandos that Fleming knew in the war who were very brave men. And we're laughing, you know, we can laugh about the way that they, they do it in the movies. But the genesis of Bond yeah. is fearless men fighting for proper causes in World War II. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, so and we have that. We have that here in America, too. I mean, you know, we, we have no shortage of gung ho. Yeah. Uh, films you know um and there is something about that and i tell you what people that to be all honest here and get serious for a minute uh i'm impressed because i would be shitting my pants i get i can get nervous at, at a drive-thru if i don't have my order ready when i pull up you know to the <laughs> restaurant can you imagine if you're in a situation where you got to make a life and death move and like oh my yeah. god and you got to be cool yeah. you gotta know what you're doing yeah uh, so I thought that was just funny, the uh, Cavalier meltdown of the uh, nuclear facility. And then uh, a little, just a little, I, I I have this weird eye, and I think a lot of people do too. Um, so in film, there's what's called continuity. Yeah. You know, continuity errors where one they, one day I'm, I'm drinking out of this mug, and then the sit, next scene later I'm drinking out of a bottle of you know Coca-Cola. Mm. Continuity. It, 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 someone wasn't paying attention. Um so Bond, after he melts down the, the cause of the nuclear reaction, and he's running to save uh, Honey, and he's in, he just pulls his top off the, because he, it's bulky, he can't run. But he's still in his pants and in the boots, and he's running through the thing with the boots. But when he gets to um, to her, and he's running back, and he's going to run to escape the island, he is taking time at some point in time to switch into his uh, loafers. Oh, has he? Okay. And I was like, well, you know what, Bond? You must be comfortable if you're running for your life. And I, I, I like that. He could do this sort of thing. Did <laughs> you take the time fun. to put your loafers back on? Yeah. Uh, and then my final little note, and uh, it's just a cute little nod to how cool Bond is. Um, they escape on the boat, which, by the way, I, I, one quick thing I, I forgot to mention. Um, Bond must have a left hook that is powered by Mike Tyson. Of because course. he punches people one time and they're just gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no fighting. There's no struggle. These guys, or the, or these guys have the worst glass jaws in history. Yeah, no, no. He's a proper haymaker. He's got. Yeah, he just he just comes point. from the, the south and bam, and the guy goes down. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I wish yeah. I had that. Yeah. Uh, so after he knocks the two guys out on the boat, he flees. Him and Honey are fleeing. Uh, they run out of fuel, so they're stuck in the middle of the Caribbean. That's right. And, um, and then facing. Speed. Felix turns up. Facing potential death because we don't know if we're ever going to get rescued. Sitting there just adrift in the Caribbean. Casually, he's like, well, we're here. Might as well have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? You, you could die. Like, you could could, yeah, but you, yeah, but what a way to go, Andy. What a way to go. I do. I hope uh, when my time comes, it's uh, I'm in the same situation. You're drifting in the, in the ocean with Ursula Andress. 
Yeah, and I do like so. Then you, uh, you said Felix finally shows up to rescue our friend Bond and Honey Rider, and uh, he's holding the rope. And once again, he's and then he's he had a right go. It's a he's nice, had a couple. It's cool. He's had a couple hours sleep. Let's have another row. I'll yeah, let the rope go. We'll he'll come back. Yeah. And if he doesn't, who cares? I'm James Bond. Yeah. And then end. So the movie ends, and I I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Did I did you enjoy it? You liked it? I did. Um, you know. Like I said earlier, it when you look at it from twenty twenty three eyes, you have to look at this with some filters. You know, you have to just like let's just let's just enjoy this movie. And I say it on another. Uh, I do another podcast with film reviews, and I say it all the time. I think critics are total douchebags because they. I think they forget how to enjoy a movie. Like sometimes you can just sit back and enjoy it. It doesn't have to make sense. Yeah, no. you know, I I point out all these little things that just don't make sense. I do it for fun because the movie was still fun to watch. And I get, I get the excitement. So oh, it gets better from here. Believe me. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to this, this adventure for the next 25 films. We're going to do. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. It sets all the, everything the bond has money, penny M the mission. His so gun, all of it. It's all there in, in Doctor No. So money, penny, and M are throughout the series. All throughout. M's his boss. He's modeled on Fleming's boss, Godfrey from Naval Intelligence in the War. Money, Penny, you know, stiff upper lip, Brit, English, yeah, dependable type that everyone knows. Yeah, it's, it's keep all calm there. and you, keep calm and carry on as they keep say. Keep calm and carry on. Exactly. That's Money Penny all over. She's just she's always there. Dependable old Money Penny. She's probably the real backbone, isn't she? Q's played by a different guy. Q's played by, his name is Peter Burton in Doctor No. And then he wasn't available to be Q in From Russia With Love. So Desmond Llewellyn became Q after that. Gave him his briefcase and all the rest of it. But yeah, Major Boothrock Q was a real man. And then, yeah, Connery, who who looks super cool in black tie and a a beautiful tailored Savile Row suit. It's got everything, you know, the style, the wit. So the where do you villain. think in, in your rankings, where does this one rank? You don't have to give the exact number. Is this your is this in your top ten? Oh yeah, this top is, five? This is top ten. Yeah, Doctor Knows top ten. Sets sets the benchmark for it. And do you think it's do you have it high ranking because you think it's that good of a film or it's just this set the standard? If I if if we've got a run of bomb movies on ITV here on a Saturday afternoon like today. If Doctor Knows on, I'll, 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 I'll watch it. There are other Bond movies I'd rather see because I've seen sure. Doctor Knows many times. It, it is, it is the start. It's all, it, it is all a little basic. I mean, that car chase in the 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 Sunbeam Alpine. He's being chased by the big black car, and he's in the little yeah. That's a little basic, and it's all back projection. You can see it's a little bit. You know, you can see it's a bit. It's all well, a bit basic. So. Bond's but also a style and a class that set the benchmark for everything else that was to come, and that's why it's an important film. Well, and Bond's known for having iconic cars. What do you? What was that? A Jaguar? Well, that, was, that was that was a Sunbeam Alpine Sunbeam. car in blue. That is a, a car I'm not familiar with. A sporty little thing like an MGB, that sort of thing from the '60s, and I think they got it from some local resident on the island where they were <laughs> you're filming. kidding me yeah yeah i think that's how low budget it was that's how low budget it was some local guy had a nice looking sports car that you know and that, yeah they went for that that's the story i think with that that's it's a first. cool it's a cool so, little car yeah so then classic british sports car 
yeah. So as, as we'll move on, and I'll I'll see these later on. When does it when does it become the iconic part of the movie that he has the car that's Golfing. also the, with the Golfing. DB5. Yeah, that's when it starts to become. There's a great shot when he get, Connery goes down to Q's workshop to get get his equipment, and the camera pulls back, and there's this beautiful silver birch Aston Martin DB5 sitting there. It's a classic classic moment. Yeah, golfing. So we've got a couple of movies to go yet. Yeah, because it's almost like the car becomes another um, character or an extension of his character. Oh, he yeah, totally. this beautiful, yeah. you know, the beautiful woman, the beautiful car. It's like you get why people want. Like, I want to be Bond. Yeah, totally. Well, and again, think- again, don't forget the movies came out in '62. Rationing in England had only just finished. The Bond movies were a look at a very glamorous world that most people just didn't have. And that's why yeah. they became so popular. People wanted to see that sort of thing. People aspired to be James Bond. They wanted to eat in the finest restaurants and sure. go to casinos and have you know amazing relationships with fantastically preposterously named women. You know, oh, so. I cannot wait to explore the names. So I think so. I I notice and um and I've told you before. You know this, of course. My my wife's mom is from England. She is and She's a very classy lady too. There is um. So from over here, and, I, and again, I'll, I'll say this: I cannot speak for all Americans, as you cannot speak for all uh, British oh, people, the English. But we have this sense of the British are very proper, and I we think we get that. I think we get that from Bond, because when you see him, you're like, "Oh yeah, he's he's very dapper." Bond is and- top end. He lives in a flat. In, off the King's Road in Chelsea, which is one of the most expensive areas in London, if not the most expensive areas in London to live. He's, you know, top draw, top end. It's all, it's sex, sadism, sadism and snobbery. It's all high end, yeah. classy stuff. That's what Bond's all about. Well, I think about, uh, and again, this is uh, probably some people probably disagree. I'm sure we'll disagree with whatever I'm saying here, but I have a feeling that. Like I said, the world, or at least we as an American, see the British as very proper, very put together, very well-to-do. Where we are more uh, big trucks. Yeah, big trucks. We're not very couth. It's like we'll just come in with our massive guns and we'll just take you down. You know, we'll we'll put a boot in your ass. That's the way. And I'm not saying either one is right or wrong. I'm just saying that's. I think it's a perception people have. And... um, I think the British look a little nicer in the, in the suit and the. Uh, I mean, I don't wear a suit. I'm a, I'm a t-shirt kind of guy. I'm wearing a damn Abbey Road t-shirt. I like right a nice, now. There's nothing wrong with a well-cut suit, and Connery looks great in it. If you watch Doctor No, just watch him move in those suits. He's got a certain style and grace that is unmistakable. That's why yeah, Connery became one because the way if you watch the films, yeah, there's lots of stuff going on. There's guns and adventure and great girls and the rest of it but keep your eye on connery and watch the subtle things that he does the way he moves he's very stylish and people loved it but back well, in the at, 60s, when it started, at that time at this time in 62 so the film was made probably 61 62 yeah. was connery a big name then no not at all not at all he was uh, he was 31 he was a jobbing actor. I think he'd done something. Um, I can't remember the name of the movie for uh, something to do with leprechauns. I think he'd been in one film. He was just a jobbing actor. He was a he was a grave digger or, or a, a coffin yeah. polisher in Edinburgh at one point. You know, he was a very yeah very. That's what I think 
that's why Connery, uh, that's why Fleming wasn't too impressed with Connery to begin with, because he's a bit rough and ready around the edges. And Fleming always thought of Bond yeah. as a, you know, upper yeah, crust. Yeah. He'd oh, been sure. and that sort of. Connery had a bit, a bit of a rougher edge to it. But when you're a man that's going out trying to save the world and killing people, you need that rough edge that Connery brought to it, and he was perfect for it. So. Yeah, I, I look, I, uh, I think he was great. And I, I'm a what Connery point, fan. As we go along and you watch From Russia with Love next and then Goldfinger, which is a big classic one, watch the way he moves in those suits. He's got a certain elegance to him. I like it. I'm a fan. Well, Mark, is there anything you want to ask me about the, the beautiful United States? Anything you want to I can't wait to come England? back. I'd love to come back. Um, yeah, Nashville, America. It's great. America, JFK was your your president. Apparently, had a big. Oh yeah. Big, you know, there was a big. He helped get Bond noticed out there. He mentioned that he in his top ten books from Russia with Love was was one of the, I think it was number seven or something like that. I don't, I don't. And I think the story was the night before he flew to Dallas when he was assassinated. The last movie he watched at the White House was from Russia with Love because that had just been released. I think like that. So wow. there was a bit of a Kennedy connection. I think that got a yeah bond. It certainly helped the bond cause. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Kennedy was uh, still is to this day a beloved uh, well, president. Um, you know, uh, I I can't speak to his politics. I mean, hell, I was wasn't even born until nineteen sixty nine, yeah. but <clears throat> he is a still beloved figure in this country today. Hmm. Uh, you know, assassinated, taken too too young, but. Um, I imagine, yeah, his influence would be. His, he, he, him mentioning from Russia with Love, I know, gave Bond an awful lot of publicity, and that's when Harry Saltzman and Cubby Broccoli got involved, and yeah, and off we went. So were the were the books popular? Yeah, um, they saw, I, I, he, ahead of time. Ian Fleming wrote Casino Royale, the first one, in, I think it was 50, 53, 52, 53. And it sold out. They had three print runs, which were big, big. I think the first print run was seventeen hundred books or something. It sold out every print run. They had to keep reprinting it. So yeah, it was a big. It, it was a success from the start. Yeah, yeah we'll have to do a. We're going to do a deep dive on uh, Fleming in another episode because I'm. I've, I'm I've fascinated. Read a few over the years. I haven't read them all, but yeah, they're 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 of their time, but they're all rollicking yeah. good romps. That's good. All right, Mike, Mark, I got nothing. Okay. Let's, let's wind this episode up and then we will good to see you. Nice. I'm glad you. you I'm glad you've broken your um your, your bond. Yeah. It's taken me a while. I mean, that was funny. I was telling guys I work with yesterday um about the set podcast that we're doing and the fact that I'd never seen a bond. And I work with a bunch of younger guys and they're they same thing, like, really? You've never seen one? And I was like, Yeah, yeah I can't really explain why. It's uh, there's no rhyme or reason, and it Bond wasn't out of any over the years. Such a cultural icon, it's odd that you haven't actually seen one. So it's interesting, well, even like... interesting to see how you feel about the character in the movies as we go on because the movies change and the actors yeah. change. It'd be interesting to see what you think. Well, and they were all like, You haven't seen Goldfinger, or you haven't seen, or not Goldfinger, uh, Goldeneye, or like the, the latest one with uh, Daniel Craig. And I'm like, I, I, I have, but, but it in the defense of my. Not seeing that, I also haven't seen any of the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, and I'm a movie buff, I, and I say that, and people are like, sure you are. But I really am. The problem is, is uh, there's a lot of movies out. Yeah. And 
taking the time to sit and watch these films. And I, I work a really weird job and schedule. And sometimes I just don't have the time. And there's no excuse. Like this film's been out for 60 years. Clearly I could have seen it over the past 40. I'm sure. But yeah, it just never came about. You know, it, it, when I was growing up for me, it was watching um, the Brat Pack movies. Yeah. You know, which we will probably talk about at some point in time. Yeah. Our love of the John Hughes and Ferris. Yeah. But, yeah, I just never, never sat down and took the time to watch Bond films. But uh, I'm glad I'm now. and You're I'm glad I can do it with my my dear friend from Britain, who can at least break some stuff down for me and tell me about the lore of the Great 007. Sounds so good. That, I say to everybody, uh, my words to you is keep bonding, right, Mark? Keep bonding, Andrew. See you soon. All right. Take care. Later. Take care.